Hey, and welcome to I Swear on My Mother's Grave. My name is Dana Black, and I'm glad you press play. I'm glad you're here. So someone recently said this about the podcast, and I wanted to read it because, sure, great. Yeah, it feels great to have nice things said about your show, but it also feels spot on. And instead of me always telling you what the show's about or how you might feel, I thought I would just share what someone else said. This person said, You might expect a podcast about death and loss to be sad and morbid, but that is not this podcast. You might expect a public therapy session, but that is not quite what's going on here either. Dana's curious about humans, curious about parent-child relationships, and curious about how we navigate major and minor life events. Every time I listen, I find myself thinking about my parents, my grandparents, and so many others who I've lost, but who have shaped me. And I think it's a really good thing to think about those people. So yeah, thanks to whoever wrote that, wink, wink. But thank you. Just a beautiful description. And I really wanted to share it with all of you. So thanks for being here. And welcome to my first ever episode with siblings. (laughs) I'm so excited. Maybe because I'm an only child. I don't know. But I am talking to two amazing siblings, Billy and Evelyn. And I love these two people. I knew Billy when he lived in Chicago many years ago. We lived in the same apartment building. Shout out, Clarendon, reside on living. If you know Chicago, you know these, this company. Uh, but we actually, we, we lived in the same apartment building, but we met at the coffee shop next door. We became true friends one night around 2007 while we were drinking on the rooftop of our building. That night, Billy told me about the death of his mother, a woman who was not his biological mother, but who he called mom regardless, because she was just mom. And she came into his life at a very young age. On this rooftop night, I had not lost my mother yet. It would be about nine years before I would understand that type of loss, the finality of it. But I held space for Billy on the roof. I poured him another drink and asked questions and listened and knew in my heart that I would never understand his loss, not in the same way. Billy and his sister Evelyn are half-siblings, and they grew up in Texas. Their mother was raised a missionary kid, became a beloved math teacher, loved to travel, and had a cackle that could cut through the room. She also birthed a mini version of herself in her daughter Evelyn and was taken from this life way too soon and eclipsed way too often during her lifetime and beyond. This is Billy and Evelyn. So I'm going to lead with this. It's a couple things. I'm nervous. Oh. So I'm going to say that. Okay. I'm just going to say that I'm nervous yeah. for this. Yeah. You're my first sibling show. I just wanted you to know that. Okay. Okay. Ever. Okay. Oh, boy. I'm nervous for that, but I'm nervous about like the heaviness, right? Right. Yep. I don't want to surprise the listener, but also there's something about, I don't know if we even need to get there yet. I'd love to start and just, I don't know anything about your mom. And it's your stepmom, am I correct? So I'm clear, Billy? Yeah. Yeah, Billy's stepmom, yeah. And your biological mom. And we can get to this, yeah? Yeah, but she's, I mean, I never called her stepmom. Got it. She was a mom. She too. was mom. Yeah. She was mom because I met her when I was four. Oh, wow. And then they got married when I was five. Okay. And then Evelyn came along and ruined, <laughs> ruined everything. <laughs> and ruined. ruined everything. Could it be worth. Billy, you talking about pre? Yeah, like your sort of early years and meeting mom, 
and taking her on as mom and then, I don't know, like your experience with her as your mom. Yeah, I can do that. What if you were like, no, <laughs> no, I know I'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Get over it. <laughs> Just do it. It's a good fucking idea. What's your problem? Uh, oh my God. What's your problem? <laughs> so much but, love. <laughs> but remember, we're already doing it. This show is about joy. This show is about vulnerability. It's about laughing. It's about all the things. So yeah. oh. you say, this is a place to say, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, so I know. Just we can feel... always give you too much information. Oh, yeah. We're just trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that, is what I'm. <laughs> we're just, just come yeah. as you are. I mean, yeah. Yeah. dad got custody of me in the 70s, which A, was unheard of. Be, I have to frame this in that a whole bunch of knowledge I've gotten after hmm. the death of mom and mom being Helen, uh, the mom we shared. So that's unfortunate. I would have to say that one of the things that's come out of the incident is that my sister and I promised each other no, no family secrets, no tucking away information because we discovered things after and it was like come on mm. why so anywho he was a teacher at skyline high school he taught architectural drafting and a person moved that? next door to him where'd you grow uh, up oh sorry alice dallas. grew up in garland but he taught in dallas d-i-s-d and a teacher that taught math moved in next door to him and that was helen and they had a door that opened between them and they would eat lunch at the same time and have conversations on the daily. Our mom was a missionary kid. Her parents were missionaries in Guatemala for decades. So she spoke Spanish. And yeah, totally. She lived in Guatemala si. up until she was. <laughs> wow. That's all. I spoke <laughs> a lot of French. I like I don't know why I took French. That's the point of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. French is pretty sexy. Yeah. Because sexy, cussing but... in French is like wiping your ass with silk. That's yes. why. Yes. Yes. But in no restaurant I've ever worked is it like, oh, my French is coming in handy. You know what I mean? No. no it Bummer. doesn't. No. Yeah. So dad was not a missionary kid and had, had been married and divorced and had this kid. And so he really didn't think that he had a chance at a relationship with her. But I mean, as time went on, like mm, feelings were mutual. And then she went to teach in Guatemala hmm. for a while. And so I remember hearing about this person and knowing that whenever dad talked about her or wrote her, like he was happy. And how old were you again? Man, I guess I was like four at this time. You might have been three when they actually started dating. Yeah. What did he think about her missionary work, your dad? He was fine with it. I mean, he, yeah, oh. but. Yeah. No, he was fine with it because he was a new Christian at the yeah. time. So yeah. after Billy's bio mom, mm -hmm. Kathy, left and they did the divorce and everything, Dad was like in a real down place in his life. For a long time, we didn't know it was because that was the end of his fourth marriage. We didn't know that. We didn't learn we that. Didn't know that. We learned that. I was 20 something when I learned that. But anyway, wow. so he was clearly, he was like, marriage never works. I'm always getting married and losing marriages. Now I have a kid. 
my fourth wife has left me. And so he became a Christian through the efforts and I think genuine love and care of some friends that he had, right? Yeah. So he became a Christian. He had this big conversion experience and he felt like, (laughs) now I'm on the road, a path, the right way. And love will find me the right way and commitment. And here comes mom. And oh my God, she's a former missionary kid. Are you kidding? She has got Christianity like on lockdown. Like she knows Mm. how to do all that. So I think he was fine with it, but also found it intimidating because mom was intimidating. She was also super pretty and how how was she beautiful physically, (laughs) her smile, her personality, all yeah, picture 1970s polyester hair suit, long, Mm. straight blonde hair. Yeah, except sometimes it was wavy and big. Yeah, except sometimes it was wavy and big. Yeah, and she'd never been married, Helen. No, No. had never. Okay, she had given up on that. She had given up because she was in her 30s. Oh, she says, it's never going to happen for me. I'm this an old, never happening. An old <laughs> yeah. maid. I'll go to Guatemala yeah. and give my love to God. To yeah. God, yes. And these <laughs> yeah. orphan children or whoever And these they orphan were. children, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were actually yeah. orphans, but... No, they were over... Yeah. But it wasn't like, yeah, she wasn't Catholic, so it wasn't a nun, right. no. nunnery. Yeah. No. But this was the 70s, and so if you weren't married by a particular time, it was like, what, what up? Yeah. Especially sort of in her conservative, very christian yes. yeah community yeah. that she everyone grew up was. in texas no so she grew up in between guatemala el salvador but then she came to north carolina as a young teenager to go to missionary kid boarding school okay because that's what they did and she did that through high school then she moved to texas and attended no- north texas state. north texas state for college and she did all that on her own so she was very independent had a 65 Mustang, stick shift, yeah. white leather interior. Yeah. Ooh. She loved that car. <laughs> I love that I, car. I love that car. So, Billy, so you're young. You're like four years old. She's in Guatemala. Yeah. Your dad's in love. He's writing letters, I'm assuming, or she whatever. She comes they're... back. Okay. She comes back. And she's teaching at Skyline as well. And, and then they have a date that I get to go to. Uh, and that's when I first met her. And hmm. she fixed dinner for us at her apartment. Fun fact. Ev, I tried to uh, put as much gross broccoli in my mouth as sneak it to the bathroom so I could flush it down the toilet and got caught <laughs> by her, by dad. Oh, and dad, dad. was going to dad was going to spank me there and then. And she was like, no, please don't do that. And I was like, I like this mom. I like her. Yeah. What did, I love that you're on their like first official date, too, yeah. you know? And she's really was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go for this. Mm-hmm. I'll go for this mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was freaking cute. <laughs> Long blonde hair. <laughs> Listen, I'm convinced, Billy, that mom got together with, with dad because of you. Yeah. Because mm. he, Billy was so cute. He was the cutest thing you've ever mm. seen. And yeah. here was a child. And I think mom's heart, like her mother heart was like, yeah, <gasps> Here's, yeah. a, here's a little boy who doesn't he have needs- a present mom. And so yeah. she was like, heart eyes. Yeah, I was bait. I was also the ring bearer. So there we go. They got oh. married when I was five. Okay. And you were and in the I, wedding. And- I was in the wedding. Grandma made sure I was closing my eyes while praying, but neither was she. So there's that. <laughs> is this your dad's um, mom or your mom's mom? <laughs> my dad's mom. Dad's Grand- mom. Grandma O'Neill. <laughs> German. Oh, they got married when I was five. And so 
there were things that I learned later on that made sense. But basically, so she came into our lives and it was amazing. And, you know, she had the whole, she had the Guatemalan background. Her parents had retired and they lived in Dallas. So that was another thing. My grandparents on my dad's side lived an hour away and we went there for everything, but they were an hour away. Mom's parents were in Dallas. And so I went there quite a lot and they were two of the most hilarious, loving, non-standard Christians that I knew. They could joke about things that I was just like, oh my gosh, that would never happen in our church. But they went to our church. It was nice. Missionaries are a different breed of people. And that was very lovely. What mom did practically is I think she took every credit card away from dad and got us out of, got him out of debt. And so dad was not in a great place in that respect. And mom and I would sit at the kitchen counter. I would sit at the kitchen counter and mom would plan the week out for food, for meals. And she would let me help decide, you know, when do you want mushrooms and spaghetti? And it's like, well, every day. Well, no, they have to be different. But, and then she would calculate and we'd have a little bet going to the grocery store how much it would cost and she'd have it down to the to pennies mm. and that's that was just something that was desperately needed we needed some freaking structure yeah. yeah mom is the reason why i ended up being a classical pianist mom's the reason why i didn't feel any shame in backing out of trying out for percussion and ended up with the oboe what's an oboe i don't fucking know but I'm going to try out for it. Because <laughs> she, she supported you? Because she pushed yeah. you? Because she said, no, let's try it. it. What? No, the, because she was, she was game. That was part of her background was she was adventurous at her core. To be frank, like dad in a lot of areas was just this rigid structure that just dark, 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 dark. My biological mom was not that at all. And I've got a lot of those fucking brain cells. And so... It took having the existence of another person, at least semi-understanding some of me. And that was great. So like with the oboe thing, like you had to go to the middle school. She was the one that went with me to the middle school for that audition. I was very shy until high school. And I looked back and there were like 13 people trying out for drums. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I like looked on the chart and the band director said, here's what I have. Here's what I need. And it was like, oh, but I've got one and I need one. I'm like, what's that? And but yeah. again, she was like, you know, do it. Did I she play it an instrument? She played or, piano. Piano. Got it. Oh, a classically trained pianist. Yeah. He said she had been trained and she had piano. been trained. Yeah. And then Not I got yeah. trained. I, I took piano for probably 20 years and all that jazz. She is also the one that pushed me to go on my second tour. With, or was it the first of? I mean, it was both. But the second time, you needed, I think, a special push. And she, yeah. she, I think, wrote out. She on just a, wrote, go. I think on a piece of paper, she was like, here's a sign. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> go. Here's a sign. Go. Here's a sign. Yeah, go. here's a sign. Go. And she, like, stuck it in your room. or put, Yeah, put it, put it on my board. Yeah, on your board. Aww. And this was with a group called the Continental Singers. Don't look it up. Other Don't do it. 
people who grew up in <laughs> a similar right conservative evangelical circle as we did will mm-hmm, possibly mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. what that was. But at any rate, I'm still glad you did that because oh, that absolutely you traveled. Um, and then that put me on the second tour. Yeah. 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 Going to Chicago for school again. She school, was not so great, but settle. Mm. Settle. Mm-hmm. School was challenge <laughs> for our friend here. <laughs> oh. I just have to give him a little shit. Mm-hmm. Sibling time. Sibling time. Sibling time. Oh, oh gosh. Well, when were you? Um, were, when were you born? Was he already gone at school? No. Or, no. No. Yes. I like, I'm about twenty yeah, like, years younger second. than him. Thank you, Dana. Thank you for noticing my skincare regimen. Uh, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Like, come on, I, someone so, help me here. So I prayed for this one. <laughs> he did. He's sorry. He's so sorry. You really did? You, you asked? Did. Yeah, really. You asked for a sibling. He I asked. wanted a sister with blonde hair and blue eyes who was funny. Guess what Worked the fuck out. I got? <laughs> <laughs> it made... Does she not have blue eyes? Because no. I do. She's I do. all yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, You're welcome. on top of that, I... Yeah. So how Thank old you. were you when she was born? He was seven. Oh, yeah, and she like, was going to be, she, they were prepping me. They were so sad because during the pregnancy and up until the day she was born, they were like, she's, it's, it's a, a boy, boy, Billy. It's a boy. And I'm <gasps> like, nope. I prayed to this. I'm not going to have to share my toys because that was the other thing. I didn't want to share my toys. Because we were yeah. very gendered yeah. at the time in the 1970s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very gendered. Oh, yeah, yeah so, very gendered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want a brother. I wanted a sister. Did girl. she really want a child? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Good Lord. Yes. yes. She did. She wanted more than just, than just the two of us, I believe. Yeah, mm. she did. But mm-hmm. dad was like, no, we're done. Dana, she did natural childbirth. In a time when uh, everybody was getting, still wow. a lot of people were getting put under, right? Just to yeah, yeah. quietly yeah. deliver the she baby. Did. She wanted. Did she do it at home or? No, she, she was the at the hospital. hospital. Nah, was at the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Do drugs. No yeah. drugs. No. Wow. Yeah. And then she breastfed when that was still also something for the super crunchy hippie people. And she was not crunchy hippie, but she just felt really strongly about that and other people would not have made that choice. So uh, she was really, I don't know. She, I feel like she was pretty intuitive in that way where she trusted, like she knew things that she wanted to try and she stuck to her guns if she wanted yes. something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. If yes. it was important yeah. to her. Was her mom like that? Her mom was. Oh, grandmother? Grandmother was yeah. spunky, man. was her mother. <laughs> side, <laughs> can I tell her a side story? Her name was just story? grandmother. Grandmother, I love it. Just, yeah. Yes, please. That's what we called it. Side story about grandmother this was olive olive is helen's mom okay so grandmother she and grandpa went back to guatemala they were in their 60s probably 60s or 70s actually it's entirely possible they were even 80 something but they were older think of that they were older they went back i think for a visit because they had been retired at that point and they're driving down the road and they get carjacked and grandmother's like all right this cash is going in my bra. And so she like shoves <laughs> oh my all the cash. Wait, they had like a gun? Yeah. Pull, like what? Yes, like- they stopped the car. They like, yeah, it was, <gasps> yeah, yeah. And so she was like, I'm going to put this cash in my bra. And she st- shoves it down in her bra. And the car is taken. And grandmother and grandpa are there on the side of the road. But she saved their money. <laughs> 
album. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. She's no way. They're not getting away with this. Yeah, she's like, what would Jesus yeah. do? What would Jesus stick the money right in the bra? In the bra. Yeah. Right in the bra. That's yeah. what her bra's for. What Whoa. are bras for? Yeah, so that's what are bras for? grandmother. That's the kind of family she was raised around. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And brave. I mean, that's brave. a brave thing. Yeah. Do, and it's a risky, but it's spunky, brave and it's spunky. Spunky, is, spunky yeah. super mm-hmm. smart, whip smart lady. And I'd say extremely brave. And also think about they're going out into the back jungles of Guatemala at a time when yeah. they didn't know it was out there, you know. No cell phones. You no, know. Right? Right. right. <laughs> no. Or, yeah. yeah, an Airbnb no. in Airbnb. Guatemala can no. stay it. And no, then she's that's... having... Yeah, you really yeah. disconnected. And she's, here she's having four children and grandmother was the quiet one of the two in the relationship. So grandpa was boisterous, loud. Gregarious. Had pin pals oh across Everywhere. the planet. Um... <laughs> He always had a joke to tell, right? And grandmother was quiet and serious, but she was so fun when you got to know her. She was (laughs) just the funnest person ever. And she and I were really close. I really loved hanging out with grandmother. And mom was very much like her. And so, like, you could immediately on the surface say, oh, Helen's very responsible and she's very serious and she is conscientious and always does the right thing. And you would be missing out on her, like, boisterous laugh. Yeah, her adventurous side. She loved to travel and she traveled by herself. She loved that more than anything. She would drive herself places in her car that she loved. I think she just sometimes needed a little permission or the security and safety of people who knew her in order to open mm-hmm. up. And I know that she wanted to encourage both Billy and I in in seeking wherever we wanted to go. Yeah. But she was also yeah. really good at structure. Like Billy's saying, she gave them sort of the stability that it's weird, Dana, because talking about it, it's dad... <laughs> Dad needed that structure. And yet at the same time, we're also describing dad as the most rigid. Yeah. And And that's not. It's not quite right. He was like rigid in that in a sort of a military way, maybe is what I'm thinking. He Mm -hmm. gets up every day at the same time. Always had the same thing for breakfast. He always took a bike ride at X time. He always, he was very good at training, right? He was really good at sport. He taught systems or he taught like this uh, drafting, right? And like, there's a... Yeah. Yes. There's a way. There's a way. way. There's a way. Yeah. 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 What was their marriage like? Can you Mm -hmm. give an overview of how it started, maybe how, or growing up, Mm -hmm. you observe, what was it like? I thought it was good. it was good. I thought it was good. We both thought it was good. Billy, you have a story from when, I don't know how old you were, but when dad, I think he inappropriately said something to you about if it wasn't for X, possibly me, I would go or I would leave her or something. Mm. I don't know. What it, when yeah. was that? Just a yeah. casual comment. Just a casual comment to your child. This is back to the whole secrets, secrets. in the fucking family yes. shit. <laughs> dumb. Secrets are dumb, friends. Don't do it. Yeah. Let me yeah. just say that it shouldn't take the death of a an individual for children to have conversations with long lost relatives in order to start finding out the truth. Say that um, again. Can you that say that again? I'm not going brown you. It's what it's called. When I say it again, <laughs> what you said. <laughs> it should not take the death of a parent 
for children to find out from long lost relatives the truth about certain situations. Correct. It should not. I understand age appropriate. And you don't just mean finances and you don't no. just mean. No, we mean right, family right, shit. Right. So dad decided that when his children turn 20, they can learn the truth, which a part of it was true, but it wasn't the whole truth at all. So I'm 20 and he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. Let's go in the backyard, which sucked for me because at some point in my life, I decided and then just, I, whatever. I had one life at home, one life at church and one life at school. And by life, I mean personality and known information, et cetera. I was a different person in each of these Where was scenarios. School? Again. And I. Oh, South. oh, oh, yeah, Richland you were, oh, you were out of high school. Sorry. Yeah. Richland. It's South Garland High School and Richland Community okay. College, home of the Thunder Ducks. <laughs> In Texas. In Texas. In okay. Texas. Dallas area. Dallas metro area. <laughs> yeah. And I had those facades significantly boundaried. And so when either one of my parents would say, oh, we need to have a talk, I'm like, fuck what i forget mm -hmm. what detail did i miss this time so he takes me out back and he's like listen you you've grown up with kathy was my first wife i'm like uh-huh he's like false cool okay so she was number two no she was number four mm. and helen is number five and i just i stay with helen because of Evelyn. Every time I hear this, it blows my mind. It just makes me sad. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So you're 20 at this point. You're thir 13. I'm 20. I would be 13. And please yeah. understand. If, yeah. Yeah. Ev was 13. I'm 20. I was, I hadn't traveled yet. I hadn't seen the world yet. I was still very good Lord. I, again, I didn't really pull my head fully out of my ass till I was 34, mm -hmm. 30. I would uh, say later, but, and I'm not trying 30, to be mean. 30, I just, 36, <laughs> I know, 37? Yeah. 37? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. 38? I just, I was a real space cadet. I wasn't very context aware about the world around me. I, I had no street values. So there wasn't really much that I could say about that back to my dad at the time, except, okay. Thanks for telling me. <sighs> what? Who? Do I have other siblings? Right. No. And, and did he stuff, say why but, he um, wanted to leave your to leave Helen? Did he say why? Did he say there's no love here? If he did, I don't I if he did, I don't remember it. But what I knew at the time, I mean, they just dad went to work to teach and mom had her home office and then they came home and then they made decent roommates. Mm. No physical touching. You didn't no, see no, a lot of did. hugging. Or, no, they yeah. did. They yeah. did. But there was definitely... So it wasn't until later that mom had to work through the stuff from her past. What was that? What are you referencing? Where she had the separation stuff from when she had to go to boarding oh, no, school. No, Billy, I think she was and... dealing with that her whole entire life, and I don't think she ever named it. Oh, no, no, no. Never, this is, this never, is, ever If you've heard it. of it, it's me diagnosing her <laughs> with, with attachment disorder yeah oh fruit. seriously but they okay. put her in boarding school and oh, she yeah so at the age of four so yeah. this oh, is yeah. how missionaries did it at the time in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, 50s. yeah 50s. so she stayed with her parents until age four 
And then starting around four or five, you got shipped off for nine months out of the year to a missionary kid boarding school. So it was four other missionary kids and you were there and you were without your parents all of a sudden. Maybe your siblings, if you had any, were there and hers, hers were there. But you think about how little you are and just, it just was, uh, to me, it feels like a recipe for raising disordered children yeah. <laughs> and then so interesting to you leave your child to go help other children. i know right? i know that's fascinating it's weird that's fascinating to me yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah this is weird mm-hmm. mentality at the time and so throughout the year they were they were assigned the kids were assigned every week you have to write your parents at home and so they would get letters back and forth but you're not seeing your parents. There's no FaceTime. There's nothing. And then you go back to them at the end of the school year. You leave the school and you go back to your parents for the summer. And who are these people? And all of a sudden, she's being Mm -hmm. disciplined. So then you deal with your parents for three months. And then by the end of that, you can't wait to go back to school. And you do that. That was her life. Four through 11 and then put away Sent to the United States at the age of 12, 13. Something like that, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I think her independence streak came from the fact that she had to be. And I think she Mm -hmm. deeply desired intimacy. Did she have close friendships? Yeah, she did. She had a couple of close friendships that I knew of, but she was very loyal to her husband. Yeah. And so no one, none of her girlfriends ever knew of any unhappiness that she might have had. Or harbored on her own. Or financial shame. Or financial shame or or difficulty, yeah. I was going to speak about mom and dad's news. May I do that? Dad's former spouses. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yes, please. Okay, so Billy (laughs) learned about mom's uh, (laughs) predecessors. At 20. When he was 20. Yes, at 20 years old. Uh, And so you might be Mm -hmm. wondering, how does Hella, a former missionary kid and all around responsible and all of this, all the attributes that she had, how does she decide, yeah, I'm going to marry this dude who has been married four times before? How How does she do that? Well, the answer is she doesn't know that he's been married four times before. She believes. Yeah. Like everyone, that just Billy's, Kathy. Yeah, just it was Kathy. just Kathy. And then she finds out after they've been married for a year or two, something like that. I want to say it was about a year or so. Yeah. And they were at a family function. <laughs> and did Aunt Ida say something? And 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 Ida went oh introduced, <laughs> said, Helen, I've got I've, I have someone I need to introduce you to. And Helen, mom came over, and I was like, "This is such and such. This is Dad's this is Bill's, Billy Ed's second, second wife." Because that was the trick. Is that mom was like, right. "I thought I was the second. I wife. was your dad didn't know wife. at a barbecue or a function. This in might town come up. This might happen. I think he just really hoped it wouldn't. It's not like right. These women weren't in different states. He was just hoping it I wouldn't think come he just up. Really and hoped. Would tell. Yeah, sure, sure thing." Who knows? Wow. We don't ask that question. I don't know. Wow. Wish I could learn that. So she found out two and years in. She found yeah, out two years in. Yeah, a couple years in. And then Dana. And do you know how she responded to that? Uh, I yeah. think she was mm-hmm. devastated. I personally think she was absolutely yeah. devastated. Absolutely. And and then she was stuck 
Because guess who doesn't believe in divorce? Helen. Yeah. And Helen's whole family. And a lot of Christians. And, right. and some most Christians. Christians. Many Christians right. do. Right? right. So mm. then what is there for her to do? She has to she now she has to stay here with this man who omitted some crucial information. Mm-hmm. What else is yeah. he hiding? What else is right? he hiding? Then you're like, what else is he hiding? What else is he not telling right? me? Yeah. yeah. I think she was devastated about that for the rest of her life. I don't I personally don't think she ever recovered from it. Mm. And no, she had to find yeah, a space. I, it was really distressing when I found out because I was watching mom as we were, as dad, she was sort of making dad tell me all of this. And I mm. was watching her and I was like, mom is not okay. No. Yeah, I found. <laughs> what was that? I was, I was 21. And so you'll see that oh. dad did not follow protocol. <laughs> And, no, and tell me no, on his own. And it was an accident. And you didn't go tell your sister. Hold on. But then you didn't tell your sister, no, Billy, because you obviously learned many years before. Or he wasn't, wasn't supposed to. So, no. It wasn't and your story to wait, tell. Really? I was yeah. going to tell my adorable. Look, listen, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not saying it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just fascinated. I'm a yeah. compared to my sister. Yeah. So my sister was the golden right. child. And, and 13. This adorable, yeah. blonde haired, blue eyed, talented kid that I was just like, anybody touches, I will right, fuck you so up. I'm not going to taint and this story. So yeah. I'm not going to do. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to lay. That well, on and also that's her. taking your dad. It's your dad's job. So if you take that away, like it, he, it's his responsibility, or in theory, or your, both of like them, your mom or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was twenty one. So you were twenty one. I was twenty one, and I was home on a break from college, and Dad was going through some old photos, which I love. Old photos, I love old Same. yeah yep. i just mm-hmm. yep. mm, give me all the old photos and give me the stories the black and white right? oh, yeah the little yes. ones you're i like, know what's, what's this? this and you turn them over and there's, there's words, words on them and you're like oh, what do they mean and what am i who is this person i, know, I love yeah. it i love it yeah so i sat down my mom has commentary sometimes <gasps> like a it's really dangerous in our family. Yeah, they used to well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, no, my mom has <laughs> opinions about the person. I'm like, why is there like sass on the back of these pictures? Yes, yeah, Dana. sometimes it's, oh, she has an opinion about this person. Yeah, that's delightful. Yeah. We just usually we might. just usually get names if that on the back. I love your mom. Yeah, sometimes I get. I love right? that. Yeah. I love. That. I get tone. <laughs> <laughs> that's delightful. In the later yeah, years. In yeah. the later years. Yeah. I sit down with him because I love looking at pictures, and so I'm going through them. And some of them were from his time in the military. So he was actually part of the Korean War. Uh, he was over and served in Korea. And I pick up a photo, and it's him, like, in his military uniform, whatever that was. Well, was he, what, Army? He was, he was just Army. He was, he was just an Army yeah, he's guy. Arm. So he's in his uniform, and his left hand is resting on on the back of a chair it's like a portrait does that make sense so he's standing behind Mm -hmm. a chair and his left hand is resting there and he's looking at the camera and on his ring finger is a band a band yeah and i'm like korean war now he's this is 1950 something wait a minute Mm -hmm. billy was born in 1970 (laughs) Uh, when was when did he marry yeah does he he like jewelry what is is he married to kathy all that time what? No, it wouldn't have been because Kathy was so much younger than him. She was 16 or 17 years un- like younger than him. So it literally wouldn't have been possible. Okay. So I was like, Dad, what's this ring that you're wearing on your finger? Because who's curious? Mm-hmm. Evelyn's curious all the time. I love asking questions. And he was like, oh, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And mom is walking through the room and she's like, mm-hmm. 
it's about time you told mm. me, Bill. And I was like, <laughs> mm. what? Okay, what are y'all talking about? What is this? Wow. What is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And and she said, I think we better go to the living room. And I was like, what the fuck? We always got to move somewhere. You can't just sit here yeah, and tell Meet like, me on the porch, right? Billy. Go it was out, like, yeah, come back. to the porch. Come to we the living room. We got to go to the yeah. living room. Yeah. So we adjourn mm. to the living room. And dad says, okay, it's time I told you that your mom isn't my se- second wife. So then he confesses this. And y'all, it was like he was confessing to some horrible crime is how much shame he was clearly sh- carrying over it. And mom is sitting there stone-faced. And I think oh. I think this was an enormous conflict that never got resolved for them, which I can't blame her. I would I can you imagine that level of betrayal like right at the beginning yeah, of big. your marriage? Oh my stars now we have to now i'm gonna have a kid with this guy and no no everything's fine everything's fine and you've got no one yeah you've got no one to talk to about it etc anyway so he tells me blah 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 four wives so i asked the same questions as billy did i was like do i have other siblings that i don't know about he said no no other siblings and i was like okay why am i just now learning this what is wrong with you He's like, it's just so many divorces and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's very bad and whatever sort of nonsense. And I was like, mm. you have nothing to be ashamed of. People get divorced. It didn't work. You're here now. Be here. What's right. wrong mm-hmm. with you? And also, Dad, at our church, we had something called Divorce Care. It was a group for Christians who were going through a divorce, which is very painful, right? Divorce is painful mm-hmm. anyway, but for Christians, sometimes I think it's worse because yeah. there's so much stigma. And I was like, Dad, you could be teaching it divorce care. In divorce? You could yeah. be like yeah. showing other you people. Could be a, a participant you could be a participant or a facilitator. Or a facilitator yeah. to show other people that life doesn't yeah. end after divorce. Look at what you can do with yourself and uh, you don't have to be defined by this, all this garbage. And he was like, yeah, thank you very much. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. What's wrong with you people? Because the both of them had already set it up. It already been set up yes, in the community. that mom was dad's second wife. They can't go back on that now. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a private conversation with your mom after that, Evelyn, then? Did you ever just speak with your mom? No. Or go out, go to brunch, you go to coffee, you go into her bedroom one night and say like, Talk to me. Right. What's going on? How do you feel about all this? You never that no, never happened. It never happened. Sometimes it was hard to get no. her to talk about how Anything. she really felt about stuff, especially stuff regarding dad. And like the one of the last conversations I ever had with her before everything blew up and things ended the way they did is she came up to Nashville to visit me. This was just days before she died. And I really I wanted to have those real conversations. I think I asked, how are you and dad doing? And she was like, oh, we're fine. You know, just I really want us to travel. She really wanted to take him to Ireland, which was part of his family's heritage and history. And funny enough, dad, I think he liked travel well enough, but he wasn't a big, he didn't travel big. He didn't make big plans. And mom was the go Mm. around the world person yeah and so if it was going to happen she wanted to she was going to make it happen and so that was meaningful to her because it was important to dad and so she wanted this to happen and so she was Mm. she talked about 
you know, he's training a lot for, he was training for a particular bike race at the time. And she's, he's just training all the time. And we don't really get to spend a lot of time together. So I'm looking forward to hopefully trying to do that and planning for this trip that they, she wanted to take them on. And um, so that's what I got from them, from her was, and they talked on the phone every night. And lo and behold, dad's like, yeah, I love you too. He doesn't, he doesn't love her anymore, Mm -hmm. right? He's boinking somebody else Mm -hmm. and plotting her demise. It just, I think she was loyal to a fault in that way. And I mean, my guess is it's, it was too painful to deal with her real feelings about it. It's, Do you remember your last, Billy, do you remember your last moment with her? Or like, do you remember a last conversation? I got to give a little context. So I hit a particular age. I think it was (laughs) seven. And I started, no, maybe it was like 12. I don't know. I I remember I hit this point at the Sheridan house, Ev, Mm -hmm. and then it kept going for years. My mom and I had the perfect combo of being oil and water for each other. Uh, Sparks and stones. I mean, I could just <sighs> give us two minutes and we could get into an argument and without freaking trying. And I didn't have anybody older and definitely not dad to try to help me figure out how to open out, open my mouth up better. I love you, Ev. Well, I love that description, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have anyone equipping you with different tools for communication. Mm. And she also, she didn't have that. She was like, but this is how it's not working. And so she would try harder with you, Mm. you know? But I cannot lie, aside from the wife I have now and the sister you're looking at, mom was the only other individual who loved me to the degree that I've ever been loved. I just, Mm. she fucking made it through my stupid years. And then we just... For a long time, unfortunately, we just had habits, bad habits of addressing each other and bad habits of at each other. And it really wasn't until that last year that finally, like, I distinctly recall I had a conversation with her and I got off the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, we didn't fight. And (laughs) fortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, that was my last phone call with her is Mm -hmm. that we had a conversation and it was nice and we and what did it feel like what did it do you remember did you laugh on the call did you do you remember what you were talking about we were able to be kind was it each other and it basic boring logistic yeah oh it it had to do with the fact that my marriage sucked (laughs) that's yeah your first yeah you were in your first marriage (laughs) i did that so you're on the phone with your mom and you were talking about this, telling her about. Yeah, we because she was like, you're not she. Mom knew when one of us wasn't happy. She knew when things weren't going great for us. She was very kind in those moments mm-hmm. because what she desperately wanted for each of us was to find our path and to be happy. That is as plain and simple as it is. And fortunately or not, I did a lot of things to please my parents late mm-hmm. into my life. And I finally felt okay to say, I'm not, I think I screwed up. And mom was like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I agree. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but but it, there yeah. wasn't, I don't think she was like, 
yeah, you dumbass, right? She was like, no, she was no. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's get you out. I remember the previous Christmas. And maybe she couldn't yeah, she, do it for herself. Yeah, it just right, sounds she like do she's it for herself. wanting the best for right? you two and wanting you to find love and she couldn't do it for herself. Yeah. But the previous Christmas, she very briefly and mentioned something about, I think, the possibility of you and Angie not staying together. And she wished that would that you would do that. Mm. Right. I wasn't. I yeah. mean, again, I did not understand my own boundaries right. until I was 30 freaking seven ish. <laughs> Please understand. I've just been on a long space cadet program. Hey, just yeah. popping in here is Dana to talk to you one on one. Just us. Uh, so I debated about how to approach talking about their mother's death. The big reveal. I wasn't totally sure how to warn you all or tell you ahead of time what was coming without that clouding the entire conversation. I thought about putting it in the show notes or in my intro, but ultimately I wanted you to hear about their gorgeous mother Helen without any preconceived notions, without the morbid, sensational, or traumatic story of how she died clouding over the first half of this episode. I just wanted you to get to know Helen and Helen's two awesome funny, smart, generous, kind kids. I know that trigger and content warnings are important. And so this is yours, mid-episode. This conversation's about to take a turn, and we're going to discuss domestic violence and death. So I want to encourage you to tap out if you need to. Please, take care of you. But I also want you to know that these two children are still going to keep talking about their love for their mother, about what her death has taught them about their own marriages, their own divorces, their romantic partners, about raising kids, and keeping secrets. This conversation is going to take a turn, but Helen still deserves to be honored and known. So, back to our conversation. So we're going to take this turn together. Yeah. We're going to all three turn this story together. Yeah. Right? Yep. I'm going to let you lead it. I'm interested, though, as we go forward... In how you now as adults, when you have to say the words of how she died. Mm -hmm. So right. yours is so weighted and it's so heavy. So then I'm curious how that has changed for you over the years, how you speak about it. And mm. I'll let you guys take this turn for me. I And for Helen. Yeah, I think so. for me, it's been, well, always been difficult. And I think it's fair to say it'll... For many reasons and no reason, it'll be always more difficult for me than it is for Billy. And I don't, there's mm. no negative mm. connotation. There's no judgment in that statement. It just mm. is, right? Yep. So. You guys were so much close. You guys had the ability to be closer. We did. Yeah. We mm. communicated the same way. Yeah. And you traveled together. And, uh, and I am her mini me. I mean, I, I really mm. am in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So in the early days, I could, I almost couldn't speak it. And if I had to, it would, it was just, it was devastating and very stressful. Like I feel it here in my chest come up. And now when I, right now, some, you, yeah, some right now, now thinking about yeah. how, especially how it yeah. used to feel. And it's just like, <sighs> you take a deep breath, right? Would you just say she died? Yes. A lot of times, would actually, you just say I she still died? say you, that. Yeah. I still say that. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it depends, depends on yeah. depends on the context. Yeah. Who you're talking exactly. to. Exactly. But a coworker a couple of years back, I've been at my current job for about three years. And so a couple of years back, 
it some it came up enough that I felt like I could introduce this topic to him. And I mm-hmm. was like, hey, just so you know, quite a few years ago, my my dad actually murdered my mom. And he was like, whoa, whole, what? And I said, yes, yeah. my dad murdered mm-hmm. my mother. They were still married. And he was like, hold up, Ev, I got, I, can I ask questions? I was like, yeah, you can totally ask questions. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't mind talking about it. But I also, like, I really, and I really don't mind talking about it if I know or feel reasonably sure that the person I'm talking to is also going to be able to hold it with me. You know, I'm not interested in. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think you probably feel this, though, too, Dana, right? There's so much pity that comes at you when you say your mom has died anyway. So then you have people who are uncomfortable and they don't know what to say. And I remember the day that Billy told me what you just said. I also, and my mom was still alive. I didn't know how to respond besides saying, I have so many questions. Am I allowed to have them? And yet the weight of what I'm being told feels so much heavier than just a normal death. And then you're like sad for his dad, like, or losing your, you're losing a father. So there's all this stuff. There's a lot. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just so much. (laughs) It's a lot. You're right. And then you have to be like, do these people have the space to hold? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Drinking on a rooftop. And I was like, tell me more about (laughs) your your mom. What? It was our first big long conversation with on the rooftop. Like 10 years ago. 12 years ago. Wow. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I. No, this is a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine that people don't know how to hold. They don't know how to hold that no. space. That's very hard. It is very hard. Let's give them the grace Absolutely. too to know, like that is hard. You have to Absolutely. be prepared to walk them through it, if that makes sense. And yeah. I, yeah, and I don't. I think it's because I really I want to show people that it's okay to talk about this and the mm-hmm. shitty and. It's sort of mind-blowing a little bit, and I know that I'm about to lead them into something that is really awful and not fun, but if you want to know me, you need to know this thing about me. You need to have context Mm. for Mm. things that I say or why I don't like when people joke about murdering someone, why I don't like Mm -hmm. jokes about guns or gun violence or why I don't like people to say, oh, Mm -hmm. just kill me now if I'm still here in 20 years. I'm like, you motherfucker. Mm. How dare you? An obsession with real crime. Yeah. Yes. The sensationalism around real life stories about crime and murdering women. And murdering women. Yes. Yes. All of these things. So, yeah. So now that's, I just try to keep it simple. Are you resentful that this is part of is this part of your this is part of your identity? So then, are you mm-hmm. resentful that it is a part of your identity that you said, if you want to know me, right. you now have to you know, have to this, know this part thing. of me? Yeah, no, I'm not. I probably yeah. used to be, but I no. had to. Yeah, I might have gone it. through that. Yeah. I probably did, but I mean, and it's yeah. not fair. Like I can tell you right now. Yeah, no, this is really shitty, and it's not fair. And there are definitely days where I'm like, God damn it, I really wish this was not my story. Yeah. Our story, yeah. any of us related to this. Also, I just wish, like, she didn't even make it to 60, y'all. That's not fair. She was, like, a vital, healthy woman. So it's just not, you know, it's not fair. 59, and he robbed her a month before her 60th mm-hmm. birthday of getting to see that. The more you learn about the context, it just, I get angry again. Because mm-hmm. it's like, they were married for 27 years. They, he had been married and divorced before. Like, dude, like that was my sister. That was Evan and I's first question. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Why mm-hmm. not another divorce? Why this direction? Because, and 
Well, so so thing is, Ev, do you remember she had broken her wrist? I do. She'd got and she had it healed and had just had that taken off. And then broke a the week other or two one. later, she broke the other one exactly the same way. I do remember it was awful. And this is, the, this <clears> is right before the whole mess. And I'm like, dude, like, that's what I was like, getting mad at God. I'm like, if you're going to break bones, like, fucking break mine. I'm the dumbass. Stop mm -hmm. hurting this nice lady over here who has managed to, I, to this day, again, she never stopped loving me and never stopped trying to meet me on that level of acceptance and love. She and never so, gave up on wanting y'all to have a, a more congenial relationship. Right. She wanted that. She was always right. going to go after you in that way. And it's so... Dude, you decided to like just rip the life from this person who was doing just she was teaching Spanish at a elementary, elementary school. Yeah. At elementary school. And kids, of course, the kids loved it because she's a freaking <sighs> good teacher. She's patient. He was seeing someone else for like a correct, for like a month, Dana. Month. That so that wasn't it wasn't like I'm leaving this person. I'm going to go be he with hoped. this person. That wasn't the story. Right. He, he hoped. He, hoped. he held see. out hopes that they could then really yeah. pursue their relationship if Helen mm -hmm. was out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And if he got divorced, mm -hmm. the answer to why he couldn't get another divorce, Billy, duh, is because he would be the bad guy. So if he right. was doing the divorcing, the leaving. Then the whole community that they were part oh, of would my God. they would shun him because they were still very he was an elder at the church, not at the time, but he what? had been. They were very involved in their church and they had their friend groups and everything there. So what was he supposed to do? Like have everybody break up with him because he wanted to divorce mom? No. However, if he's the widower, where does all the sympathy wow. go? It goes to him. And then wow. he's free. To date uh, whoever he wants to. Yeah. And he believes oh. he'll get away with it or that. Yeah. Let me just. Right, no one would ever a, know. I'm going to mute my like, mic and have a primal scream. One moment. So. <laughs> I Yeah. So it just. It's so infuriating. It's so infuriating to think about. It, and it, here's this it, woman who, to me, the very week that he killed her, said, I just want us to spend more time together. I can't wait till we get to go to Ireland. Yeah. Motherfucker. What? <sighs> I just, yes. there's just no words. And I am so sad that she was stuck in a marriage where she was not wanted for who she was, because I think that's right. where it got to. First of all, that she was deceived mm -hmm. into marrying him. <sighs> and then <sighs> that the man she was with apparently just like, a, couldn't keep his dick in his pants, but B, didn't see her, did not see her and treasure her for who she was. And who she was was amazing. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. None of us yeah. are claiming that. But she was an incredible human. So who called you to? Ugh. Yeah, who, who called, called you, Billy? Cop? I don't understand Dad. how this. Oh, fuck. Dad called you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I I thought it was a complication. He said something's happened with mom. Yep. And mm. I thought it was a complication because remember she had had so many drugs for the. Yep. The wrist breaking. Her breaking her wrist. And mm -hmm. she, yeah. He called me and said something's happened with mom. You need to get home. 
And he wouldn't tell me what. After that conversation, I have a knowing that happens sometimes. And for me, it's spiritual and it is connected to my spiritual life. Of course, that's shifted in how I experience that. But I had a knowing that mom had died. And I just asked, I said, okay, if she died, I just need to know that she knew that she was loved as Mm. she died. And then I, of course, had no idea that it was her, the person she trusted most in the world and had handed her life over to, right? Who did the killing. She looked at him when he killed her, right? She Mm. must have seen him. So he came at her and shot her in the chest and in the head. And so I think I choose to believe that she received other communication at that time that ushered her out of this life. Like what? I think she would have thought of her kids. (laughs) And I think she would have received comfort from her God, from Christ. That's what I, that's what I have to believe because otherwise it's too difficult, right? It's, you look at your spouse, the person that, for fuck's sake, you're planning to go to Ireland with. You've, you have supported their endeavors in every possible way. Their hobby takes them away from you. Hobby was cycling. Takes them away from you and you support it. And you are like, yes, if you want to train for this ride, you do that every moment you need to. Everything that dad did, she supported. And all she wanted was intimacy and to be known and seen and loved for who she was. He couldn't give that to her. And now he's standing there and he's got a gun and he's going to kill her. You know, like I just, it, I'm, I start to feel very stabby about it. There's a lot of angry disappointment Mm -hmm. because I would have to say, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to interject or butt in. Oh, please. Uh, Yeah, no, please go ahead. I would have to say the most disappointing thing is that as time has gone on and we have been living our lives, is that there are consistent moments in time where we're like, we wish we could share this. Yeah. With her. Mm. Because yep. there's, I have nothing to share with my dad except lots of bad things and fire and gas. <laughs> yeah. I'm with the woman now that, She's aside from two other individuals, she's the only other female that came to her house and mom loved her. This is true. Because she was going on a trip to Papua New Guinea to do what mom had done in Wewetenango in Guatemala. Mom loved her. I love that mom got the chance to meet Steph years and years ago when you guys Years ago. Played, yeah. You know, my brain was like, hold right. on, because you knew each they other before. They dated and, in and the past. And Steph came right. over to the house. She saw our weird family dynamics his, in action. Billy's current yeah, wife. Yeah, Billy's current mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. They dated. Billy married after the death of his mom, but they dated oh, years but, ago. Yeah. So I, way long. We, rekindled, we, rekindled. Yeah, we did 30 years ago and kept in touch. And then we went on different light paths and reconnected seven, six years ago. And then, yeah, so the, I think one of the things is that I enjoy is that I can turn to Steph and be like, you met my mom. You know who I'm talking about when I say, I met this person. But again, there have just been things that I've been able to accomplish. Mom loved technology. She was a, she, she was dead. A, she, 
he was a camouflaged little geek. If you wanted to see joy in this person's <laughs> face, you bought her a gadget that she didn't need. But, but that was new would, and magical in some it way. It was new and magical, and she didn't care. It was fantastic. She'd play with it and, and figure it out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, when I built my first website, like I called her. I had her get online. She was like, this is the neatest thing ever. And she had that wondrous, that child wonder about her with any like gadgets and stuff. And for me. Yeah. And your child like was not born, right? When she was not born yet. That's my biggest disappointment. So she's never met her. Yeah. He's, yeah. So he was born in. He. Yeah. He he was born in 2008. And this happened in 2004. This was in 2004 in when she. So legacy, you, Billy, is raising three stepkids. Four, four stepkids. Four. Four, four stepkids. Evelyn has a son mm-hmm. and your son never met your mom. Mm-hmm. Your no. stepkids have never met your mom. No. So how do you then talk about this horrible, horrific act while that happened, while still honoring and talking, how do you talk about your mom's life and how do you talk about your mom's death and do it in four minutes? I'm kidding, but like, how do you do that? How do you? I'm really <laughs> glad you asked that. No, but it's it's a big question. Yeah. I can go, Billy. I have a meandering answer yeah. if you don't mind. Okay. I don't mind. Okay. I don't know. The, <laughs> the answer is I don't I know. Wondering. I actually, okay. am, yeah. The So when Isaac was very small, I was still in relationship with our dad. And I took Isaac to the prison to meet his That's grandfather. Right. Yeah. I know. I have so many thoughts and feelings about that. All right. Not regrets exactly, but I just, <laughs> just wish I hadn't tried so hard. Yeah. But it was what I needed to do. At the time, that's what I needed to do. And as I continued to try and forge a relationship between my father and my son, and it was clear that I was doing all the work, I was like, why is this happening? I just had really wanted my child to have a grandparent on my side. Why was that important to you at the time? Why did you think that was important? Because I had grandparents. And I loved on both sides. sides. And I really loved my relationship with my mom's parents, especially I, my dad's parents passed when I was still on the younger side. Yeah. I didn't have as much solid memories with them, but I just, at the, at that time in my life, it was too hard to face losing both of my parents. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put the fact that dad killed mom, I'm going to put that in this little box right here. And I'm just going to put that over here. I'm going to put that away. Yep. We're going to need to shove that a little further, (laughs) a little further away. Oh, it needs to go Mm. in the attic, but that's okay. That's okay. We can do that. That can, it can just be up in the attic and I can have a relationship with dad and I'll still have a parent and my child We'll have a grandparent. And this is, you know what? This is fine. This is fine. And then it wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. I was experienced massive depression and anxiety and saw, I mean, just expended so much energy towards dad. And um, mom got lost in the mix, right? Which is, again, why we're trying to focus today on mom. And because she always gets Mm -hmm. eclipsed, right? Yeah. Because of what dad did. 
and the fallout afterward. And so anyway, I tried and tried with my child and my father for a while. And then that finally became clear that I needed to stop doing that and we needed to break up with dad. So several years ago, finally, successfully, fully broke up with dad. And now as Isaac has grown, there have been moments where maybe he's asked a question or wondered about why do I have grandparents with my dad, but why don't I have grandparents with you, mom, or mm-hmm. whatever? And um, I would just, in the most age-appropriate manner I could, I would say, or why does granddad live in prison? What is that? What is he doing there? And <laughs> awesome. Yay. Thanks, dad. It's the, it's always, we have a hashtag. Thanks, dad. Because yeah. so many things, you have no idea just what comes up where we're like, oh, fuck. Thanks, dad. So I explained that dad, my dad had done something very terrible and that he had gone to prison as a result. And that then if Isaac ever asked about mom, my mom, I would say she died before you were born. And someday I'll tell you more about that. And so he knows now what happened. He's clear on it. And he knows and forgets. He's a 13-year-old boy, after all. Knows and forgets why his granddad's not in his life. And, oh, the fact that, oh, he does have a granddad who is still alive and mom doesn't talk to him. And I just reminded him of that the other day, actually. It came up and... He was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of forget about that. I'm like, I know. But again, all of this is about granddad. This is about dad. And I got to tell you, Dana, it is the hardest thing, one of the hardest things in my life to know how to talk about mom to my child because it is so loaded. Hmm. And you, it is hard to talk about her without entering into what happened to her and always always until the end of time those things are connected right yes and i i have friends who lost a parent or a mom in a i guess sort of more normal way and they have their own grief and their grief is very real but there's not the extra weight of what happened to her and so then I'm watching these friends and they're like, we, t- we looked at pictures of my mom today, of the kid's grandmother, and we talked about her and how amazing she was. And I just get paralyzed and I don't know, I don't know how to do that. And I feel like I'm basically doing the worst job ever of introducing my son to his awesome grandmother. Uh, he knows nothing about her. And I'm just being really honest mm. with, with you right now. I, he, I think he knows very little about her. And I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to start. I don't know. And I've talked about it in therapy. Right? Like, have you talked to other people just, who, have, it's, who have gone through this? Anybody else who's lost a mom this way? No, that's a good question. Yeah. No, I haven't. I don't know anyone. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, you know, like a support and, group or a way to Maybe, yeah. yeah. And I wonder if there's things that they're doing, I don't know, and how they move through and talk to their children. I I don't know. But what is the fear? What is the fear that he's going to ask you how she died? No, because he knows. You can't know. 
Okay. So then just saying how beautiful she was or showing the pictures or you mean it's too hard for you to see them? Because I That's think out of question. contact, they're not, he's not going to go, oh, was this right before she was? Right, da, 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 right, right. He's going to no, go, oh, what did she do? She, for? Like, yeah. she, she looks pretty there. Mom, like, you're, or you guys look like you're having yeah. fun. Yeah. That's you, mom. You're nine years curious. old or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's you as a little baby. Or talking about her missionary work, right. or her We've... humor, her joy of love of technology. I just wonder what is the fear? Is it your fear of what's going to come up for you? I think for me, or, I'm, I'm, uh, it might be. I think it still feels really heavy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For you, what is it? Anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have more anger now than I did in the past. Yeah, actually, you do. Mm. <laughs> uh, I didn't get kids on my own until I was 46. I got kids and I got a solid human of a wife who fucking loves and accepts me where I'm at, knows where I came from, knows where I am. But now the anger, so the comes, anger up. comes up. You... It almost gets harder for me to talk about because it just... Mm, I know what it is. Oh, uh, what is, is it? Fact, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So t- dad is now 88 and he just keeps going. He's like the Energizer bunny. Right. But we know from the Digby side that mom could have lived into her Oh, 80s we have 90s. longevity on both sides. Mom's parents yeah. were both 93, 94 when they passed away. And they were yeah, very my active. My grandma's 95. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's that. Yes, it's you're that. like, yes, jeans. Yes. Right? Yes, jeans. So and she mom could have had, had a longer, she, a longer she life. She could still yeah. be here, yeah. active, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. traveling mm-hmm. to visit, traveling to Nashville to visit me, traveling to California to visit Billy and his new family. So supremely unfair and unjust. It would have been so awesome. Yeah. She would have been I a really would, great grandma. Yeah. She would have been the first one I called. Guess who I just met? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. When that urge yeah, comes up, what do you do? Because a lot of people talk about that urge to call their mom or their... Yeah. What do you do when that... And sometimes it comes up for people 20 years later and they're like, that's yeah. weird. It's, she's been gone a long time. A long Why time. did it come up again right now? Yeah. So what do you do to, when that urge comes? And part of that, I'd love to say to whoever's listening, like if you go through this and if you experience a death of a parent that you had a good relationship with, it's just going to hit you random. Yeah. A smell. Oh, my gosh. And you have to just go through it. You, have, you just to just have to just go through get it. in there mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. yeah. And just uh, the best thing I can say is just appreciate them for who they were in that moment and recognize that was a, a niceness mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. existed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all that I can do. I just talk to her. I just tell her yeah. stuff sometimes. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out loud? Out loud? Uh, yeah, in the car, usually is when I do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. She, I was going to say, Billy, that it just sort of hit me as you were talking. You were talking about you having the life that you do now. Yeah. And knowing yourself at this time and being supported and loved by Steph, a woman who just accepts you for exactly who you are and now getting these kiddos and getting that chance. And then I thought about me And that I think her legacy, Billy, is us. I think it's us. And I think it's you finding your way and being loved and known. And it's me leaving a marriage that wasn't good for me at the end of the day after doing my diligence, putting in so much hard work for years and years, and, and then reaching a point where I could hear her saying, it's okay. I right. stayed. That mm. didn't work. 
you should go. You should go. Yeah. Yep. And me knowing that I'm not disappointing her by leaving my marriage and getting a divorce and moving into a new phase of my life. I'm living fully. And that's what I wish that she'd had the chance to do. Just to see. Yeah. yeah I wish yeah. that she'd a, been able to see us do these things. But B, I wish that she had the freedom and the permission to get out of the marriage if she'd wanted to. Obviously, I wouldn't be here if that had been the case. Yeah. So obviously, I'm glad I'm here, but I also, I know that she stuck around in something that ultimately, I think it killed her spirit a long, long time before it killed her body. It mm. did. I'm going to take a deep breath because you're just both unbelievable. I always end these interviews and I ask the guests to tell me their mom's name and how they're feeling about her in this moment today, like what's coming up for you. But I actually think today in talking to you both, I'd like to know your mom's full name, but I'd like to know if you would tell me something about her that you think should be known <laughs> that we haven't said. Because you said my mom's greatest desire and the thing that I wish she got the most was to be known. And so that's what I'd love. You can both say her name in tandem. No, um, someone <laughs> can take the unison. front of the name and you, yeah, you can take the back end. Or you can both say it. Say her name in your voice. I'd love to hear it. And okay. something that you want us to know about Helen. And maybe what's coming up for you today if you want to throw it in. Okay, Billy, you want to go? Are you thinking? What? Are you thinking? I was waiting on you. <laughs> Do you need me to go first? Are we Woo! doing this together? Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Helen. Yeah, <no>. This is terrible. <laughs> are, are we even related? Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Helen, Helen Alice, Alice Digby. Digby. O'Neill was okay. mom's we'll, name. We'll, okay. O'Neill. Yes. I mean, that was, she changed her name. Yeah. Helen. That's true. Helen Alice Digby. Helen Alice Digby. And, oh my gosh, something I want people to know about her is she loved a funny movie so she had the best laugh like a cackle mm. cackling laugh <laughs> that would bust out of nowhere and totally take you by surprise it was her like letting go and I remember hearing about her when she went to the movie theater and saw the original Pink Panther movie mm -hmm. with Peter Sellers. Wow. And she almost wet her pants laughing, <laughs> laughing so, so hard. hard. Yes. She <laughs> was just in a whole dither about how hard she was laughing and she nearly peed herself. And did your uh, mom's laugh make you laugh sometimes? Oh, yeah. 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 My mom did that too. Yeah. I it's like I wish I could do it. I can hear it. She had a little delighted laugh if she got tickled by something really briefly and it was like a <laughs> that kind of thing. Actually that might have been her. I did wow. it and it sounded like her. <gasps> oh, that's really weird. Chills, chills, oh, chills, that's really chills. That's you. <laughs> Told ya. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was really fun. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so she had a she had a special laugh when she got really mm. tickled. She'd get really tickled by stuff. Okay. Billy, your turn. Oh boy. <laughs> Ev, you, you hit on a thing. What's up? She got eclipsed a lot. Yeah. 
it's weird how humans work, but when someone doesn't speak up a lot, then we just make a lot of assumptions. And I don't think people understood or realized how much mom took to heart about a lot of things and about the people around her. And I think one of the ways that she was able to express that was through teaching. And unfortunately, most of the people that got to see her in her, what I believe her element to be, were her students. And that was most evident to me for the funeral. How many parent kids parents absolutely were mournful about her death because she left mark on her students and fortunately yeah we were her kids and she left her mark on us again ev and i are different could not consider mom as my confidant for nearly every year because we just we were built that way but with dad i wanted to stay out of trouble with mom i wanted to make her proud oh my gosh that just says a lot to me that's it yeah and i think she'd be really proud of us making the choices for ourselves that she wasn't free to make we've chosen different paths i think that any of us would have (laughs) thought but i for me particularly it is my decisions that i've made over the last few years and the choices that i've taken have been a direct result of not wanting to repeat the past and not yes of going i've seen that and that didn't work we're going to try something new i'm going to give myself permission to live the life that i need to live and to get mental health support, to give myself new tools with which to approach my relationships and my work and my child, to ask for help when I needed it. And no secrets, no secrets, y'all. There is something about the human condition where we are fascinated by the morbid, by things or events that seem almost otherworldly. And the truth is that when Billy told me how his mother died on that rooftop in 2007, I asked a lot of questions about his dad. A lot. I asked about how it happened, about his dad's life in prison, and how Billy's essentially coping with losing two parents— I'm sure I asked about his mother at some point, of course, but like, what did I ask? How much did I want to know about her? Her likes and dislikes, her laugh, her joy, her personality, her favorite music? I'm sure I didn't. I mean, I was in shock, as many people are when they hear something so utterly devastating and violent happening to another human being. And I could only focus on the act itself, the ending of her life. It's not lost on me that this is also sort of how I viewed my mom's final years and death. And I'm not comparing their deaths. I hope you know that. But I was fixated on my mom's intense physical decline and change in her body for years. How her stomach became distended, her throat became thick, 
her face widening over the years and her body becoming bedridden. How she couldn't dress herself and at times couldn't make it to the bathroom. My mom couldn't even stand on her own. She was dealing with so much pain and her body was shutting down completely. And the vodka and wine, even if watered down, did not help. And I knew she was going to die alone. And every time I came to visit, the sight of her decline was shocking, almost to the point of tears. I remember one of my last visits, I walked into her bedroom and I covered my mouth right in front of her. I I covered my mouth and I gasped when I walked into her room because she was almost unrecognizable. It was difficult to see her and gross at times and uncomfortable and scary. Yeah, I felt really scared looking at my mom. That is the truth. The shock and trauma of watching my mom slowly die was morbid to me. It is hard to erase some of those images in my mind, and there is one photo from the last time she was in the hospital that I can't even erase from my phone, even though I should. And sometimes it pops up if I scroll back far enough, but I don't go back and look at it, ever. And now, because of this show and this podcast and the work I'm doing, I look at beautiful photos of my mother from her teen years, photos of her looking gorgeous at black tie galas with my dad, Photos of her teaching and commanding a room. Photos of us in Hawaii drinking smoothies. Photos of her with my Nana on her wedding day. I let her horrific illness and death eclipse all my good memories, all my good mental images in my mind for so long. I looked up the definition of eclipse when I was reflecting on this episode. An eclipse is an obscuring of the light from one celestial body by the passage of another between it. It's a loss of significance. I don't want the dark edges of my memory to always flash images of my mother's death to me. Now more than ever, I want to talk about what made her so extraordinary. Our mother's celestial bodies deserve to be seen in full bright light in all their glory. I like to think that Helen and Joe Black are riding in that 65 Mustang with white leather interior through France with their shiny blonde hair blowing in the breeze, talking about nerdy math and science stuff, and cackling. No men. No eclipsing. Just pure light. The second season of I Swear in My Mother's Grave podcast would never be possible without our editor, Amanda Roscoe Mayo, our music composer, Adam Ollendorf, our graphic designer and illustrator, Meredith Montgomery, and our copywriter, Rachel Claff. Thanks as well to Tony Howell and Austin Heller for all their work on the website and to Heather Bodie for her emotional, spiritual, social, and physical, well, for, for all the help. Thank you. And to all of you, thank you for listening, subscribing, reaching out, and just being a part of this community. I'm so grateful you're here. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you can do so at our website, which is danablack.org. You can hear all about this incredible season and some upcoming live events we're curating just for you. I hope you'll come back. Come back, come back. Don't leave me like my dead mom. You know what I mean? Come back. Talk to you soon.
Oh, I was going to ask, how does it feel real quick, like doing this with your sibling? Does it feel good? Does it feel nervous? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel excited? Do you feel (gasps) tension? I don't sense any tension, tension, but what? No nerves. Yeah. How do you feel, Billy? Yeah. Yes, you feel great, don't you? Do you feel great? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) You love me, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 